To those of you listening to us on the internet, to the men and women in our armed forces, wherever you may be, to our members and guests here at beautiful Savior Lutheran in Milwaukee, grace be to you and peace from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God upon which we base our meditation on this uh, third Sunday of Easter is a blending of the first reading from Acts chapter 9 and the gospel for this morning from John chapter 21. Recall just these words, first of all, from Acts. Saul was coming near the city of Damascus. A light from heaven suddenly flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Saul asked, who are you, sir? The person replied, I'm Jesus, the one you are persecuting. And from John chapter 21, after they had eaten breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than the other disciples do? Peter answered him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus told him, feed my lambs. Jesus asked him again a second time, son of, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter answered him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus told him, take care of my sheep. Jesus asked him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter felt sad because Jesus had asked him a third time, do you love me? So Peter said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus told him, feed my sheep. In the name of our dear Lord Jesus Christ, who was the lamb who was slaughtered, but now who has been raised from the dead and promises us that whoever believes in him shall have eternal life. My beloved. The subject of our message this morning is calling. The true art of calling, I think, is becoming a remnant of the past. Some people uh, did calling by the voice out loud before the day where we had all the iPhones, the cell phones, the smartphones. When you went to the state fair or if you watch the state fair on TV with all the various different uh, contests that they have, you could watch the hog calling contest. You ever listen to one? People actually used to call the pigs. I'm not going to replicate it. Try this morning from the pulpit. But there was a day in which they actually called the pigs by their loud voice. I remember back to our church at St. Paul's in Franklin. We used to have a church picnic. We had 10 acres of uh, wooded land. And we had all sorts of contests and games, horseshoe. Uh, there was dunk the pastor if you could you know, hit the target with the ball. And uh, we also had a husband calling contest. And I don't remember a whole lot of it. I just remember that it was very loud. And one lady way over on the one end of our property, it was her turn, and she called out to her husband. It was so loud, he was playing horseshoe on the other end of the property. Next, he could hear his wife's voice. Grew up on 16th and Burleigh. Kids played outside. And um, there was always that time where it was starting to get dark and all sorts of parents had different sorts of calls to call in their kids. I remember one was a slide whistle. 
And one was a police whistle. One guy even had a trumpet. Somebody had an accordion. And some people just called with their voices. But then there was always the infamous street light. That uh, when the street lights come on, then you come inside. I remember my aunt and uncle had a cottage in northern Wisconsin. And they had this big, huge bell on the outside. And... Um, when they wanted the fishermen to come off the lake, come in for supper, they'd uh, clang that bell. You could hear it over the whole lake. One common denominator of all of the calls was that it's time to change your location and your activity. The street lights, the whistle, the bell, the trumpet. Come on inside, change your location, come into the house, wash up, say your prayers, and go to bed. Fishermen heard the bell, get off the lake, bring the boats up on shore, clean your fish, wash your hands, we're going to eat supper, change your location and your activity. That's the exact same thing that the exalted Christ did with Saul and with Peter. Now, he didn't do it with bells and whistles, but he miraculously called them to change their location and their activity. Now, we read a little bit about Saul this morning in one of the readings. Where was Saul? What was he doing? Well, he was taking a 150-mile trip from uh, Jerusalem up to Damascus to see if he couldn't arrest some Christians. He was persecuting Christians. He was trying to round them up, either put them in prison, execute them, who knows what. From the book of Acts, we hear these words, but the council members shouted and refused to listen. Then they rushed at Stephen with one purpose in mind, and after they had thrown him out of the city, they began to stone him to death. The witnesses left their coats with a young man named Saul. While council members were executing Stephen, he called out, Lord Jesus, welcome my spirit. Then he knelt down and shouted, Lord, don't hold this sin against them. After he had said this, he died. Saul approved of putting Stephen to death. On that day, widespread persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem. Most believers, except the apostles, were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. Devout men buried Stephen as they mourned loudly for him. Saul tried to destroy the church. He dragged men and women out of one home after another and threw them into prison. And so Paul was on that 150-mile trip from Jerusalem to Damascus. When he got close, all of a sudden, lightning from heaven struck him down. Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, sir? I'm Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Paul, you see, did not want the name of the risen Christ proclaimed. He thought that that was ruining the traditions and the rules of the current church. But he got changed. God was changing his location and eventually his activity. He took him off the road he told him to stop persecuting and start proclaiming his name. And when that happened, and Paul, by the miraculous conversion uh, through Jesus, became a Christian, everybody was baffled and perplexed. 
because things had now changed for his fellow persecutors. They lost a friend. The Jewish Christians were baffled because everything was changed. They gained a friend. And eventually God told uh, Paul, he named, renamed him Paul, leave your hometown because you're going to go way out to Turkey and way to, to, to Greece. Jesus appeared to Peter at breakfast. What a nice story. Third time that Jesus appeared to them, he had breakfast around the Sea of Galilee. Again, a miraculous catch of fishes, and Jesus provided breakfast, fish, and bread for his disciples. But he had that special conversation with Peter. Three times he asked, Peter, do you love me? Do you love me more than all the other apostles, the disciples? Ah, remember, Peter, though everybody deny, I'll never deny you. Jesus asked him three times, do you love me? I'm sure Peter was recognized it was three times that he had denied his Lord. What was Jesus doing up there? He was calling the disciples away from fishing. They went up to Galilee. They thought, oh, now we'll resume resume our fishing uh, trade. No such thing. Special conversation with Peter. I'm calling you away from fishing for good. Follow me because now you're going to be a fisher of men. It's going to be a full-time job. And I'm going to take you to places you've never been. To preach to strangers and foreigners you never met. Feed my sheep. The exalted Christ miraculously called Peter and Saul to change their location and their activity. God has also called you miraculously to change your location and your activity. Because you were born an enemy of God. And so he had to call you by the gospel by water and the word, and he relocated you, not by whistles or bells, but by baptism and his holy word, he relocated you from the dark world of addiction to sin to the brightness of freedom in God's kingdom as his own child. And that was a change that was totally impossible for you to do on your own. God called Saul directly from heaven. He called Peter directly face to face. God called you indirectly through your baptism or God's holy word or both, and yet no less miraculously. And he changed your spiritual location and activity from serving sin to carrying his name. Your vocation in life as a child of God is to carry his name. Actually, you have two things. You have sort of a a passive vocation to follow Jesus all the way to heaven, and then you have an active vocation to carry his name. What does it mean to carry God's name? Well, if you take a look in the Old Testament, remember uh, that Ark of the Covenant that the people carried around with them in the wilderness? Eventually, it ended up in the temple. Inside, there was the Ten Commandments and some other things. 
kind of interesting that that was a designation, uh, a visible designation. That was the presence of God. Wherever it stopped, there was always a cloud over it. That was a representation of God's name. So wherever the people went, they were carrying God's presence or his name along with them. You too are called upon to, call, to carry God's presence out into the world, everywhere. Everywhere you go, you are a representative. And every time somebody looks at you, they see a little bit of God. What does it really mean that we're supposed to carry God's name? Dr. Martin Luther explains it very clearly in the uh, explanation to the Lord's Prayer. How is God's name kept holy? God's name is kept holy when the word of God is taught in its truth and purity and we, as the children of God, also lead holy lives according to it. Help us to do this, dear Father in heaven. But anyone who teaches or lives contrary to God's word profanes the name of God among us. Protect us from this, Heavenly Father. God's name is his reputation. You carry his name everywhere you go by what you say and by what you do. And by what you say and what you do, you either tear down God's reputation or you build it up. Be careful that you don't go around and somebody takes a look at you and says, well, if that's what Christians act like, I don't want any part of it. Rather... Carry your Lord Jesus along with you wherever you go and people look at you. Is it that's what Christianity is all about? I want to be a part of it too. Boy, that's a big responsibility to carry God's name, His presence out into the world. I don't know if I can do that. I'm just an ordinary person. But isn't it true throughout Scripture God uses just ordinary persons, people, to do extraordinary things? Noah and Abraham and Moses and Elijah and Jonah and Peter and Paul. Wait a second, I can't measure up to guys like that. Oh, listen again to the list of those called Noah gets off the ark, plants a vineyard and gets drunk. Abraham, the liar and the doubter. Moses, the murderer. Elijah, the coward. Jonah, the unwilling missionary. Peter, the denier. And Paul, the persecutor. The exalted Christ takes sinners and calls them into his kingdom and then uses them to carry his name to others to bring his presence to others, to build up his reputation. You ever think about it? Why you and me? God could have used millions of his heavenly angels. He could have come all by himself. Why choose you and me? Just because of his love and his grace. First Timothy, take hold of everlasting life to which you were called. First Peter, God who has called you through Jesus Christ to his eternal glory. Second Timothy, God saved us and called us to be holy, not because of what we have done, but because of his own plan and kindness. 
God chose to use his redeemed creatures once rescued to be rescuers for others who are still not saved and to bring them the ultimate rescuer, Jesus Christ. Why that responsibility? St. Saint Peter says, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, people who belong to God. You were chosen to tell about the excellent qualities of God who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. God gives us the opportunity to show our thankfulness for his rescue for us by involving us too in the rescue mission. You're all he has. If you don't do it, it won't get done. Lord, forgive us for our lack of prayers for our missionaries. Lord, forgive us for our lack of sacrificial offerings. God, forgive us for the lack of personal testimonies that we had the opportunity to make and did not. Lord, we repent of our lack of attention to the life-giving word to increase our understanding of your holy name. What a privilege to be called by the exalted Christ to carry his name. Now, call it, Paul, uh, God is not calling you to go where Paul and uh, Peter went, to Caesarea and Joppa and Ephesus and Corinth. You're not able to go yourself into the entire world. But you can take care of your little corner of it. Nieces and nephews, sons and daughters, brothers and sisters, great-grandchildren, kids in First Friday, people around Cops Park. See to it that the people within your realm hear from you the word of God. And that maybe they also might be able to hear it on a regular basis. What's the message? I told you, you already know. I believe in God the Father Almighty. I believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord. I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe in the great exchange. Jesus took all of my sin off of me, placed it on Him. He gave me all of His holiness. Follow in the footsteps of Paul and Peter, Noah, Abraham, Moses, Elijah, Jonah. Sinners called by the exalted Christ to carry his name. Bear his name. Build up his reputation wherever you go. Bring his presence into the lives of others. What a privilege and opportunity. You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, people who belong to God. You were chosen to tell about the excellent qualities of God who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Please stand. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds 
through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. We confess our faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten and not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets, And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. We take this time to gather our tithes and our offerings and our connection cards.